This episode was recorded on December 20th, 2020. Our topic for today, top 10 tech stories, part two. What is our news of the week? I hear, I hear there's a war brewing, Johnny. There's a war brewing. The, re- the real story is that Facebook is hitting back at Apple. Uh, Michael, we need to recap the, the story real quickly. Uh, we covered this earlier. I don't remember which episode, but uh, when Apple's, uh, I think this was in June. So it, was, it must have been a June episode, but Apple had their worldwide developer conference, right? Their annual conference where they announced their new operating system and they announced iOS 14. One of the things that they announced with iOS 14 in the future is now what was uh, before opt-out is now opt-in. Is it, am I getting that correct? There was, there was never even opt-out, Johnny. Okay, there, there you go. So, um, uh, so there's a few additional uh, features that Apple's been adding to iOS 14. Uh, what is it that you're opting into now versus before you were opting out of? What was being collected about you? Sharing of data, what's it called? Sharing of your data on individual applications with the with uh, with the application itself. I believe was before. I believe before it was just GDPR and CCPA, and I don't actually think there was anything on the operating side level that allowed you to opt out. Okay, I stand corrected. Yeah, I don't think there was anything either. Um, okay, so why why is this important? Well, it's uh, it's essentially uh, Apple going to war with, uh, if you will, the, the web advertising uh, industry uh, because mm-hmm. they need to collect this data in order- Of which to, they're in, right? They're, they're in that industry. Uh, so looking at it from the other side, um, so of course, who has this upset? This is upset Facebook. Um, mm-hmm. Facebook has been, I'm sure there's others, but it's been Facebook that's been the most vocal. Uh, well, the people that impacts is Amazon, Facebook, and Google. Right. but. Out of all of them, it's been Facebook that's, uh, well, okay, the news of the week is that Facebook has hit back on Apple with a second critical newspaper ad. Well, one of the ironies of this is I've been reading different uh, uh, blog yeah, posts. Yeah, what, what do they say in that? Uh, what, what are they saying, Facebook, that is? So going to Facebook's uh, 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 blog, blog announcement, they have a, a, t- a title, Speaking Up for Small Businesses. So just quickly giving the summary of the four bullet points that they mentioned. So one, they, referring to Apple, they're, create, they're creating a policy enforced via iOS 14's app tracking transparency that's about profit, not privacy. Uh, number two, they're hurting small businesses and publishers who are already struggling in a pandemic. Three, they're not playing by their own rules, uh, which is alluding to Apple's own personalized ad platform isn't subject to the new iOS uh, 14 policy. And then four, we disagree with Apple's approach, yet we have no choice but to show their prompt. Let's show their prompt. Um, right. So essentially, uh, Apple, um, Facebook's argument boils down to: we help small businesses, uh, you know, by advertising, by making it available to use the internet, and our inability to help advertisers provide personalized ads means that we have to move to a subscription-based. Well, not necessarily they themselves, but other business have to move to a subscription-based service where they have to charge users, which obviously makes it less accessible to the majority of people. The other side of this uh, that Facebook's referring to is that Apple is able to make money because they charge, they get a percentage of subscriptions 
any and uh, and 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 app sales and purchases through their platform, right? Which of course only they can sell. Uh, like if you want to have an iOS user use your app or your service, you have to put it on the iOS uh, on the iOS app, right? Which is of course uh, controlled by Apple. This actually alludes to back to uh, over the summer we covered this with Basecamp's Epic. Hey email, uh, Epic, right? So there is an ongoing tension that Apple is having with on multiple fronts that we've covered before regarding their uh, iOS app policies. Um, and so Facebook is touching upon this as well that really Apple is, is here to benefit from this policy. Um, so this is funny, right? 46 different states and municipalities or different states governments sue Facebook for monopolistic practices. Facebook goes after Apple for monopolistic practices. I am seeing a trend here. Just go up the food chain. Again, Microsoft is just sitting there going like, uh, man, we, gonna... we get no attention. It's like, we're the OG monopoly over here. We went through our monopoly trials in the 90s. It's like, we were a monopoly before it was cool. Listen, talk, talk about being left out. I'd like to bring up another story of the week. Uh, Google, I think, has been feeling left out, Michael. Ah. Uh, a few, yes, yes. A few weeks ago, we covered this. Amazon Web Services went down while they were trying to add capacity and brought down a whole bunch of stuff, other services and websites and at-home uh, devices. Well, this week, Google not, didn't have one outage. It actually had two outages. Yeah, Google was like, hey, we can do this too. <laughs> we can be unreliable. So Google was migrating another service, Johnny. So Johnny, why do pe are people migrating their services right before the holiday season when most people shut down all in any and all changes. I know what this is, Johnny. Johnny, I know what this is. This. So let's let's take it. Let's let's uh, let's uh, let's open the current a little bit into the into how the tech world works. Let's go into product management engineer, right? So this is an estimation that was made at the beginning of this year about when a migration would be completed. That some product manager was reporting up to its management chain this entire time. And then as deadlines slipped, now they're going to crunches to get all of the migrations through what they believe is still a safe amount of time so they can handle the, uh, the holiday workload. When in fact, now they're just adding unnecessary risk right around Christmas or right around the holidays. I can see Listen, why this happened, Johnny. This is completely just, just, just bad estimation, Johnny. Clearly, clearly. You see, if you just do things when us product managers say they, they're going to be done the first time, everything just becomes better. Yeah, that migration, it'll take us like two days, two days max. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. I, yeah. But yes. I, I just, but yes, it's... Uh... <laughs> so I'll, I'll describe the migration. So they're describing their user ID service, which is your authentication service. So... They decided they were leaving one of the old components in place. This this Engadget article doesn't go into too much details of the specifics. So I can't go into, so I don't know the exact technical components. But because they left in place, now Johnny, listen to this. This seems, you know, this seems common. This seems like something that better end-to-end -end testing would have caught. Or better integration testing would have just caught, to be honest. Because they left some of the old systems in place, there was... A, they, there were incorrect error messages that came back about values being zero. The uh, usage. Mm -hmm. So because of that, there essentially traffic was being routed to the wrong place and everything was down. Our packets were being routed to the wrong place and everything was down. Wow. 
Someone's SLA. This someone's SLA for the half just got ruined. Is it just someone forgot to go through the checklist? Someone forgot to go through the checklist. You know, I'm picking up a, a a theme here, which is that it seems like it's better to be on the West Coast and the East Coast for these issues. They always seem mm-hmm. to happen early enough in the morning for us. Anybody that's waking up you, six a.m., seven a.m. in the East yeah, Coast? Yeah, Jai. Well, that's like, because you that's because you migrate the East Coast cluster first because it's that time comes first. Sure. sure. Yeah, you start with East and, and, and then go West. So you start right, East the, around 12 a.m. Eastern time, or sorry, 3 a.m. Eastern time, and then you go West with all of these things. Clearly, it's not working. Well, it usually works. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you start at 12 a.m., you're going to guarantee some people are going to be impacted. That's why you start around 3 a.m. 3 to 5 a.m. is when you start. There you go. All right, any other news of the week? Uh, those are the big ones. All righty then. It's getting to the end of the year. Things are quieting down. Besides outages. I was about to say, out- outages and wars are happening, apparently. Yes, yes. All right. In that case, then. So, Johnny, picking up on our countdown of the top 10 stories of 2020. All right. What is, what is the number five, Michael? What is yes. the number five? The number five story, Johnny. And I, I said this because I said this in a very, uh, what was I say? In a very specific way. Our number five story of 2020 begun the streaming wars have. Of course, back in uh, March, April, when we talked about the streaming wars, we said this is going to be an interesting year for streaming because Disney Plus had just landed. We knew Peacock was coming. HBO Max was going to solidify itself. Uh, uh, DC Universe was going to figure out where it fit into the world of things. And Netflix no longer seemed like it was the only game in town anymore. So last year, for context, around November, Disney Plus came out. Apple Plus came out. So they've done a year. I actually caved and got Disney Plus. I was like, huh. I got tired uh-huh. of, of, of trying to find Mandalorian every week. I like, I'm so see, so this. see, here is uh, here is the reason so, why the streaming wars are thriving right now. Johnny himself listen, has came. Wait a minute, didn't you say? Hold on, hold listen, on listen, a sec. Listen, focus, people, go back, focus. go back to episodes not ten and eleven. I I believe Johnny said he was not interested in Disney Plus. Listen, I like Star Wars. I like Marvel. Uh huh. I like the old. You were like, you were like, if I don't have a King. family, I don't have a family. There's no Listen, kids. Why would I get Disney Plus? These were your words. They were, but I caved. Uh, All right. So Disney has thrived. Mm-hmm. Apple and Amazon continue to exist. Yes. I don't know what's going on with Apple. I think they, those just guys just throw the big bucks and somehow, well, the boys was good. I think the, I think the production freeze caused by COVID-19 has impacted Apple. Uh, yeah, there's that too. Well, yeah, because they didn't really have a library to work off of. Listen, we've been in lockdown now since like what, March, more or less, essentially. Mm-hmm. I mean, here, Netflix is back in filming in Vancouver. Uh, mm-hmm. There's many, I forgot the exact number, but there's plenty of, of lots that they're filming in, production lots. And then finally, HBO is confused or was confused, <laughs> as Michael tried to correct me. But it was HBO has made two huge announcements that matter for us, right? The first one was the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. First one was the Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Uh, so, uh, yes, I watched that. That was awesome. Mm-hmm. The real Aunt Viv, Johnny. The real Aunt Viv. Gangster move. Gangster move. Mm-hmm. Well, but yes, but more. Himself. But, but, but bigger news. Yeah, it doesn't redeem the fact that they basically destroyed her career. Bigger news was that Warner Brothers announced that they will simultaneously release 
their entire 2021 lineup uh, in theaters and on HBO Max. They include Godzilla vs. Kong. I actually uh-huh. want to watch that. Nice, the new nice. redone Suicide Squad. Mm-hmm. With that and one has John Cena. One, yes, they'll be available for one month starting on the same day they hit theaters. Yes. Uh, let me see. So, Mortal Kombat, a new version of Dune. Never watched the original, mm-hmm. but I saw the trailer. That looked cool. Uh, Matrix sequel. They're making Matrix 4. I'm not sure where Why? We're okay. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Mars, Michael. Mars. We're all going to Mars. That's that's the only next conclusion. Did you ever watch Matrix. the Matrix? Because that was very much not about Mars. But yes, HBO and his failure has become bold. Very yes. bold. But it's yes. only in America. So, I, well, yeah, because the international Canada and afterthought well, here. I'm going to Well, one, you guys are better off in terms of COVID than us. Doesn't matter. It's like, doesn't how's matter. that doesn't matter? You got less people dying over there. We Give also have less people to start with. We're we literally dying with. over here, Johnny. Give us something. Mm-hmm. Also, international box offices are different, but I would I would determine that probably Warner Brothers does not believe they they see the data. They probably do not believe that everywhere else is as dire. In this time, we we discussed back when uh, back when we were talking about the streaming wars. Hey, will Netflix maintain its lead? Well, in fact, COVID nineteen I would say actually helped Netflix because Netflix had a back catalog. Netflix had all these shows in the cans that they've just been releasing new content into the world where everyone else, because of the production freezes that were happening throughout most of this year, were not able to go produce new shows. That's why things like WandaVision haven't been released yet. That's why Captain America Winter Winter Soldier hasn't been released yet, or Falcon Winter Soldier rather hasn't been released yet. The Loki series, all these great things that were supposed to come out on Disney Plus were all delayed. Which, Which streaming service do you subscribe to? Well, now... HBO Max. Well, who were you subscribed to before? Uh, I was subscribed to Disney Plus. Cancel that. Um, Why? I'm. Uh, there was there was uh, one division. All that wasn't coming out. Uh. There was no there was no reason for me to be subscribed this year. And I've always seen all the Marvel movies, so there's no reason for me to be subscribed this year. And then, and of course, we mentioned this. Amazon. We're both subscribed by default. Apple still hasn't done anything. Netflix, I was subscribed to Netflix for the longest time, but I think mostly the things I was interested in were House of Cards and then the Marvel series, and those went away. Uh, so now with this HBO announcement, I actually think I'm going to go trial HBO Max. All right, Jai, so that was our number five story of the, of the year. However, all these streaming services, Johnny, now, they're in the cloud. And in the cloud is our number four story of the year, which is the increasing embrace and growth of cloud computing services, such as AWS, Azure, GCP, and Alibaba. All right, John, take it away. Tell us about the cloud. You're Mr. Cloud on the show. Oh, so I'm not Mr. AWS? Yes, I'm Mr. Cloud. Love it. I'm like all about cross-platform, so I appreciate being Mr. Cloud and not Mr. AWS. Mm-hmm. All right, with that said, AWS is still king. AWS is still king. I think they said in the latest about 32% market share. Yes, said Johnny, Mr. Uh, AWS. Uh-huh. There's been a battle over the Jedi contract. What a great name. Just, what does it stand for again? Joint something, 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 something. It's, it's a backronym. They just had to make it mean Jedi. Or else you'd make it Sith and you don't want to do that. Well, you know what? Scientific initiative to help. 
The Sith contract. There you go. The Sith contract. And yes. Amazon and, and Microsoft are fighting over it. Mm-hmm. Who wants to be the dark side? Mm-hmm. No, on a serious note, uh, the Jedi contract is a contract with the, the is it the entire uh, Department of Defense or sub or the Pentagon or is it a sub sub? Uh, I believe this was specifically was a DO was a was a DOD one. Yeah. Okay, so it's an entire defense uh, Department of Defense. It's a ten-year contract worth ten billion dollars. Um, and so it was awarded to Microsoft. People look at it as, you know, Trump has had this thing against Jeff Bezos. So they looked at it as a Trump administration f- uh, disfavoring Amazon and favoring Microsoft. So AWS uh, disputed it in the courts. And I don't think it has been resolved yet, but essentially Microsoft got the award. Uh, I don't know if they're, I don't know if they're in the stage of they've passed a court decision, they're moving forward, but essentially it's a huge contract, right? $10 billion over 10 years, not so much for the money, I think as more that it, what it represents, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, essentially, once you go into the cloud, not to say it's impossible, but it's just essentially almost impossible for you to move to somewhere else, right? Because right. you start using a lot, especially over 10 years, you use so many of their services that not at the end of the 10 years, you're not going to be like, all right, you know what? This didn't work out. I'm going to go switch something else, right? There's mm-hmm. the technology, there's the people, there's a you've, process you've you have to consider. Your technology has evolved at that point. Exactly. Like and you're using back- more of that. You're using more of that provider's services, right? You can't yep. just all of a sudden say, I'm going to switch to somewhere else as much as they'd like you to believe so. So that's what's yeah. so big, right? Um, yeah, this is why this is why I, I this is why I'm, I'm less uh, excited about multi-cloud than you are. You believe in the potential. I believe that businesses lock you in. It took AWS more than ten years to grow to a ten billion dollar business, right? That means annual run rate of ten billion dollars. It took it twenty-three months, less than two years, to grow to twenty billion in revenue. Then it took it thirteen months, a little over a, a year, to move to thirty billion. And just 12 months to go to $40 billion, right? So that means uh, AWS has achieved a run rate of $40 billion in less than 15 years, 14 years to be specific. And so this is where once you see these numbers, it makes sense like $10 million over 10 years is adding a billion dollars a year to, to, to Amazon's run rate. A uh, billion dollars is not insignificant, but in the context of this growth and what the trajectory that AWS is already on, it's not meaningful enough, right? It's, uh, but yes, massive, massive growth. Like I had said uh, previously, uh, at, Re- at the beginning of reInvent, one of the things that uh, Andy Jassy, the CEO of AWS has said is that one of the biggest takeaways is just the full embrace of cloud computing, right? Companies have had to, uh, you know, build and pivot their businesses and build something new in 30 or 40 days. There's no way they could have done that outside of the cloud, right? Maybe on other cloud services, but not, uh, not outside of the cloud. So Johnny, we all, what's it called? We all got a taste of remote work. We all got a taste of the world you were already living in, Johnny. It's like, I think, now Once I was everyone, ahead of the curve. Right. So of course, with COVID-19 and lockdowns and companies who can have workers work remotely, uh, telling their workers to work remotely, there's been a great rise in remote work, remote work companies, and the different, uh, what's it called, and the different situations uh, that are arise when people are no longer in their offices. In episode six, all the way back in March. And back then, 
I don't have the lockdown started yet. No, the lockdowns hadn't even started yet uh, back then. And we were just talking. Uh, no, in, they, they started the US? the US in March. Okay, there was so, so no, 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 let's do this. Let's do this. Um, if I remember correctly, I remember the big tech companies were one of the first ones that were starting to allow uh remote work, right? Right, so Microsoft, Facebook, Google, right? Uh, especially because California was one of the first states to start locking up, but um, before that, the companies were encouraging and starting to push their workers to start working from home before some companies were just like, well, you know what, instead of just pushing this deadline, let's just embrace this. This seems to be working for us. Let's go fully remote. Right. So Twitter went fully remote. I think square kind of went. For, well, it would make sense. They have the same part-time CEO. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, um, I, so yes, there's been, there's been already companies that were fully remote. Like GitLab is a company that's been known to be fully remote. Uh, I always forget their name. The, the, the guys that create Basecamp. WordPress. Oh, yes. Basecamp, of course. But the folks behind WordPress, they start with an A. I forget their name. But they've also been remote. But now it's just the number of companies that have been embracing remote or different distributions of remote, right? So, for example, Google has said, you know, we believe that, you know, people have to come to the office in terms mm-hmm. of ideation. But the rest of the time, they can work from home. Dropbox is one that has now done this and embraced it. This is one that fundamentally changes culture of work and people's day-to-day lives and their experience in that way. This, or at least has the potential to uh, change the very way of which we work. Uh, And spurred on, we said in our remote uh, work episode, again, episode six, uh, but we said in our remote work episode that, hey, we believe that these are the general trends that the industry is going in. And now with COVID-19 and the lockdowns, it's just accelerated that accelerated maybe by four or five years even in terms of uh, in terms of what have maybe organically happened otherwise. Yes. All right, Johnny. So let's go on to our number two story of 2020. All right, Johnny. So December, we're recording this after December 4th. Do you know what should have happened on December 4th, Johnny? Um, enlighten me. Lots of things could have happened. It's a Friday. Well, this, TGIF parties. Yes. December. I don't think I don't think uh, Gen Zers actually know what TGIF is anymore. But well, it's a restaurant. It used to be a block of TV shows. Oh, I don't know. I don't know that either. Yes, but anyways, so the number two story of 2020 is the TikTok WeChat ban, and on December fourth. Johnny, which we're recording this episode after December 4th, was the quote-unquote final deadline for parent company ByteDance to work out a deal with the American government to sell slash uh, make the data secure slash divest slash invest slash do something in such a way to make all of this hoopla mean something. Yeah, so let's, let's do the timeline. So our episode was on the 26th. So on the 7th of July, uh, uh, the U.S. Secretary of State announced that they were considering banning TikTok. Then the 31st of July, that was when the executive order, so five days after we aired our episode, the executive order came down to force China's ByteDance to divest. And since then, for the past six months, we've been having, or the past five months rather, we've been having this conversation about the TikTok ban and the TikTok ban and the TikTok ban. And still, to this day, nothing has changed. Our my my our, our great North American slash Australian data, Johnny, still in the hands of who knows whom, supposedly. 
It was just dangerous, supposedly. And national security, apparently, for the past five months has been held up to, uh, to different conversations, arguments, debates. Uh, so this is, this, is, this is such an interesting story, right? There's elements of international conflict, uh, power dynamics. Uh, this is a proxy war in a lot of ways. Crony capitalism has come in, of course, with Oracle. Uh, so there's so many elements of this. And for a recap, so of course, after the executive ban, they're working out deals. At certain points, Microsoft's name was tossed around as a potential buyer. Uh, it then like they were the, Walmart. They were, they were the number one likely yes. to buy them at that time. Yes. And then they pulled out. Walmart came in and Oracle came in with this. And that was supposed to be the deal. And then there was a question of, well, how much is ByteDance actually divested? ByteDance says, well, it's not. It's still in control. Or the, the presidential administration of the United States said, no, no, no. They're not in control. It's in the hands of Americans, a.k.a. a few investors. And then this, all that conversation happened. That's extended on and on and on and on and on. So for the past five months here, we have been, we have been discussing this TikTok ban, then sale. As I said, this is a, uh, this is a continuation of the challenging, of the increasingly challenging relations between the United States and China. The WeChat ban was blocked by a judge and remains mm-hmm. blocked. So, yep. you know, that, that didn't go through, but uh, something I, I've highlighted before and I like to highlight again is like TikTok is mainly entertainment, right? WeChat is actually a communication tool, right? A lot of, a lot of, uh, Michael, you, you, you've talked about this, right? When you went back to visit Wait, China, you don't, you don't much- use TikTok for communication, Johnny? You don't you don't record an entire video and post it to everyone in order to communicate. I send you secret messages, Michael, but you have yet to respond, so it, it fails under my communication uh, use. America, for the longest time, was the great country in which hey, it doesn't matter where you found your company, you can be a Spotify out of Sweden, you can be a Bite Dance out of China, you can be a uh, trying to think of a, another company out of somewhere else. But you can be, you know, one of these other large companies. Oh, Shopify out of Canada. Well, that's true. And well, I also want to preface this by saying there's a lots of companies that are founded elsewhere and then mm-hmm. moved to yes. Silicon Valley yes. or other, can, mostly yes, Silicon you, Valley, right? Exactly. And become American companies. Hopin, we Black. just talked about Black. them. They have they have a Slack is a Canadian there company. They still we have, have a Vancouver all, office. Yes, we have all of these companies that. Uh, what was about to say that. In the past, like, oh, yeah, I want to come to America, get the American, uh, what's it called, get the American population, get the users, grow out there, and, and the government was very accommodating. Now, this is a sign that the government says, no, 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 where these other protective practices that these other countries have started to initiate, and with the rising understanding of the necessary to keep, quote, unquote, uh, citizen data private uh, from foreign entities, now this is this is changing that game, right? You mentioned it as, I think what you said when we were covering this, and when we started talking about the ban is why if I'm a if I'm a startup founder and do all that work to go make this great product, and then this country comes and forces me to sell it, what the heck is that all about? Um, yeah, so lots of companies have historically and up till now been motivated to move their operations or their main headquarters. Uh, there's actually a company here in in, in Vancouver. A car tech company, I forget their name. They start with an M, but they actually, I've known them, I've known of them since I since I moved here. I met someone who works there. 
And now most of their management is actually in Silicon Valley and they have their engineers here, right? So um, this, the ramification of this is why, why would I expose myself to a government that up till now has allowed the freedom of business, right? Uh, I can operate a business, of course, lawfully and all of that, but I can come, I can, I can set up a shop, I can hire people, I can work and get the greatest talent because everybody wants to come here. It's a melting pot and all of that. Why would I now risk it if the government's going to say, you know what, we find these issues? Yes. Yeah. And of course, uh, we've talked about this, the validity or an invalidity of it. But essentially, the U.S. government can say, in the interest of national security, we don't want you operating here. Right. And what is that ramification for your business? Then what do you do? Well, you got to scramble. Um, yeah. Well, there's also a sentiment, uh, not to get too much into the politics, but there's also a sentiment that what this current administration has begun is a shared sentiment among, it's not a unique thing with regards to the policy towards China. I don't, I think Biden's going to come in and just be just as stringent on, on, uh, on China. So it'll be interesting to see what, what happens with this. Are we fracturing into multiple uh, internets, as people have alluded right. to. We right? keep, we keep going to that internet. idea. Will there be a China block and a U.S. block? Isn't Just there like essentially backyards? already? Okay, here, quick, quick side note. Anytime you open a browser that you're not logged into and you type in YouTube and you, I see a completely different YouTube and I'm like, could I ever? But then I log in and I see my YouTube. The internet has already been personalized to you. To each one of us individuals, you know, I open my Netflix, you open your Netflix. I bet your Netflix and my Netflix aren't the same. I, I open my Amazon. <laughs> there you go. I open my Amazon, you open your Amazon. I bet you they're not the same. Yeah. My search recommendations aren't the same as yours. Yeah. yeah you no, that's, a, that's a solid point. So yeah, that's definitely something that we're going to continue to look at for years and years and years to come. Speaking of things that we're going to continue to look at for years and years and years to come. The number one story of 2020. The most exciting, the most yes. liberating. Yes. To end the on a high. Uno. Yes. To end on a high, uh, because that's what the stock market is right now. The rise of all of the at-home businesses during COVID-19. We go high. Yes. But yes. Yes, Johnny. So, Johnny. If I mentioned, if in 2019, December, I talked to you about Zoom, what would you think? Now, how about over? How about Peloton? How about Shopify? Peloton's very promising. Very promising. 2019. Very, still very promising. 2019. Yes. No, no. We were talking. we, We were talking about that terrible holiday campaign in December of 2019. Right, right. This is this is uh, pre-Silicon Trail. Right. Silicon Trail so, was being born slowly. Exactly. So we were talking about- In a five-year birth. Uh, what I was about to say. So we're talking about all of these things. If I told you about all of these companies, we'd be like, oh, these are some nice companies, right? It's like Zoom. We used it maybe once or twice. Um, since the lockdown, 
the rise of the stay-at-home business is, if you will, and their associated stocks have been insane, Johnny. So Zoom, what? It, it like it increased its user base 10x, I believe, more than once uh, at this rate. It's maybe it's not the, 10x the, twice, the past, but at least doubled its it's doubled its user base multiple times at this point. They announced earnings two weeks ago or something. And I said, mm-hmm. what they said was that every quarter they've quadrupled compared to the yes. previous year, they've quadrupled one, their revenue. Yeah, I believe it was one quarter of this year. So we covered Zoom in, hold on one sec. So we covered Zoom in episode 13, Zoom to the top. This was back in April. And I think afterwards, when we covered then earnings calls in Q3, I believe back in episode 41, we said that a single quarter of Zoom equated to, I think, three years of them back a few years ago. That's how much they have grown. So Zoom has just taken off. Now there is, what is it? There, there's a legitimate thought that Gen Z, you know how we were originally Generation Y before we became millennials uh, and that we official title. Yeah, we were Gen Y originally because it was just Generation X and then they called the next generation Generation Y. And then that took on the name millennials. And then Gen Z is just what came after Generation Y. There's a real- millennium. Yeah, there's a real discussion right now that Gen Z will have their official name become the Zoomer generation. Amazon, Johnny, how many employees do they got now? <laughs> Remember? But it's like now they're, they're at their, they have over a million employees. Back in 2019, we're talking about how big of a company Amazon is with 500,000 employees. And like, wow, Which that's It massive. took 25 years to get to. Right. And, and then now one year. Months. 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 You're right. Uh, not even months. one year. Months. Months. It came to a billion. It came to a million. Sorry, a million users. I'm uh, sorry. A <laughs> million, a million people employees. Working for a million employees. Yes. China. <laughs> all of China. All of China, all of China is China working for Amazon. Working for Amazon. That's yes. what happens. That's what's yeah, gonna says, happen. Uh, yeah. that, there we go. There, the Chinese government is gonna be like, you know what? We're gonna, gonna buy Amazon. Amazon. <laughs> We're gonna bring our billion dollar billion population to fight Amazon. <laughs> what what they're gonna buy amazon all right uh but yeah which would so make sense these stocks have been going insane and we mentioned this right because the stock market uh really really went down and people are talking about oh well we have a v-shaped recovery a w-shaped recovery whatever the tech stocks had like a check mark shape recovery where almost just like error happened and then just went straight back up um other, others, uh, what's it called? Other uh, companies that were greatly stick. affected. Oh, yeah, hockey hockey like other great companies that were affected by this. Uh, UPS, Costco, that's outside of you know the, your general tech world. Companies that we've talked about, Shopify. It went from under 100 to like, it went from, oh, sorry, it went from like a couple hundred to a thousand this year. All of these companies have greatly, greatly benefited by the new stay-at-home economy. That term stay-at-home economy has been created during this time. So yes, we mentioned all of the COVID-19 is a, is a human tragedy in, in a lot of ways, but it's created several new trends. And we clearly see the first class of companies benefiting from those trends. Well, the stronger getting stronger. Mm-hmm. And something I, I, I do keep hearing is that the top 10% are, bid, are, 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 are living their best life. Mm-hmm. You're working from yeah, home. 
there was a I forget the exact numbers, but you were more likely to be uh, let go if you made less than 40 grand compared to those that made over 100 grand. Right? Right. Most of us are working from home. Uh, yes, obviously, there's restrictions and it's a tragedy, tragedy, not just in terms of the human physical toll of people losing well, their jobs, but also the mental private jets and shut down places. There's no one around anymore. You can get private access to all these hotels now. There you go. Right. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, the, the you know, the 10 percent, the 1 percent are living essentially their best life. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Something that's not obviously talked about. Um, so the question I, I keep coming back to, and we've touched upon this before, is how is sustainable is this? Is, this right? yeah. is, is Zoom going to have even one third of the number of users right. that it had? Right. Is it going to have 100 million at the end of, right. you know, let's say in July, six it's months. It's interesting, from now. right? Because right? if we go by, if we go by the top 10, uh, we have some stories that were just happenings that happened in 2020. We have some stories that are perhaps indicative of long-term trends. This one's interesting, right? Because this one is just, it happened in 2020 and legitimately we have no idea what's going to happen after this. This is a a very 2020 story, which is why it's our number one story of 2020 in tech. Exactly. And, and tied to this is of course, uh, and this is why we rephrase it, right? To be the rise of at-home businesses is people are moving to bigger places. Right. So they're going to Home Depot more to the Ikea more. They're they're upgrading their furniture. They're you know, like you, you alluded to the, you, you spoke about this. Right. You now have a, a rising desk, a standing desk. Uh, you've invested in home equipment. Right. You have a gym now at, at your at your at your house. Um, uh, people are moving out of the city. Look, it doesn't look like California is going to be easing up anytime soon on its restrictions. So mm-hmm. you you might you. you, you you might as well. So again, there's this, there's, this has a large spillover, right? What happens to all that office space in downtown, right? Many, many cities are just practically empty, right? Um, and, and so this is, this is fascinating uh, for so many different reasons. And for all the things that we haven't talked about and haven't even fathomed about what's going to happen next, right? Mm-hmm. What, what, what kind of world does this lead us to? Mm-hmm. All right. All right. So that is our number one story. So Johnny, let's do a review of the top 10 stories that we've covered over this, uh, these two episodes. All right. Number 10 tech IPOs. Number nine, uh, all American tech majors becoming $1 trillion businesses and some of them becoming multi-trillion dollar businesses. Apple. Mm-hmm. Yes. Number eight, the meteoric rise of Tesla and Elon Musk becoming second richest, wealthiest person in the world. Yep. And his child's name still being non-pronounceable. Number seven. Uh, the unfortunate impact of COVID-19 on the gig economy, the layoffs, and of course, uh, everybody else that's been unfortunately impacted by this uh, tragic uh, tragedy. Mm-hmm. Number six. The Innovation Award, Apple's M1 chip. Uh, that's just amazed everybody. NVIDIA's 3000 series, which smokes the competition, which is itself, while being cheaper. All right. And moving on to number sank five. What is it? What? Number five. All right. No. Okay. Begun the streaming wars have, and a casualty has already been declared. 
And number four, cloud continues to eat the world and the embrace of cloud continues to grow. And number three, because of lockdowns, now the rise of remote work can fundamentally change how people work in industry. Number two, the ongoing TikTok slash WeChat ban slash purchase slash negotiation slash security issue. And last but not least, the most exciting story of 2020. The story one. of 2020. Number one, the rise of the at-home economy. That, ladies and gentlemen, is 2020 in a wrap. Thank yes. you for listening to another yes. episode of the Silicon Trail podcast. Next week, we'll be doing our year-end award show. But until then, have a great week and stay safe out there.